a Podcast One production. Hi, I'm Nat Kringudis. And I'm Cecilia Ramsdale. Welcome to The Wellness Collective, a podcast where we invite you to be part of our wellness community to share, learn and live better. Cecilia, mm. how are you sleeping at the moment? I'm actually sleeping very well, thank you. Really? I'm not sure if I'm in the majority, however, I'd say there's probably a few people that are a bit highly strung, anxious, mildly depressed, freaking out, not sleeping too well, but I'm okay. That's I don't good. know why. It's How good. about you? I am okay. I have an early waking time, but that's generally, yeah. I but have that's you, right? Yeah. You're I have... Kevin Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> you only need like six. No, not Kevin Rudd. Um, but what's interesting is I think I've been watching a lot of patients in the clinic and they have been sharing all these weird and wild symptoms that they've either never experienced before or they've had when they were, you know, 18 or 15 and, and mm-hmm. they've come back with a vengeance. And I think what's interesting is that we really are dismissing collectively how affected the planet is just energetically from stress. Yeah, right. So I'm putting it down to, I watched um, this really interesting discussion. It wasn't woo-woo at all. It was all about, um, you know, how obviously we all transition throughout various phases and stages of our lives and anyway, what that meant at the moment. But my point is that I think we're always changing and if our bodies, and our bodies need to adapt and Mm -hmm. if uh, they're having a hard time adapting, it can show up as symptoms. Oh, of course. And Mm. sleep often gets affected and when you are feeling a bit wonky, Sleep really just goes can out, go the window, out the window. It? Very without you wanting it to. It's not like you're you no. know, choosing to lie awake at two o'clock in the morning. But we have a very special guest today, and I'll let her introduce herself. My name is Olivia Arizolo, and I am a sleep expert. And it is an absolute pleasure to share my expert advice with both you and your listeners. Can I just say? I like the word expert because there's also that thing about if you've done something for 10,000 hours, you you can be an expert. So I kind of like the fact that straight up you must have slept for 10,000 hours and therefore, apart from any study or anything, you can be the expert. (laughs) So while I was studying, it used to be a running joke with all my friends that I had this amazing capacity to fall asleep anywhere. Oh, you're that Um, person. And I'm talking like we were at Pasha in Barcelona and I fell asleep on the couch in the middle of the club. Never <laughs> <laughs> let me live it down. That's actually How? excellent. Well, some would say that about my ability to sleep on planes. Because every time I get back, they're like, how, how was your trip? Gosh, that must be hard. I'm like, I just slept for 11 hours. I don't even sleep for 11 hours in my own bed. Right, you're actually very good. I remember speaking to you about if you were you know, needing some advice around jet lag after, I think there was like a Daily Mail article or something, and then you reached out and I said, oh, you know, do you want... Do you need some advice? You're like, no, I sleep fantastic. And you, you told me everything that you were doing. And it's like you had just read all of my <laughs> tips and tricks. So I was like, wow, this girl knows what she's doing. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's part of it is your state of mind. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And then if you can get that part right, because when you travel, everyone feeds the beast of how overtired, how jet lagged, how awful you're going to feel. Mm. And I really don't buy into it. I'm like, yeah, no, not me. I'm not yeah. doing that. I'm not choosing that. No. I mean, also, enough. I'm not travelling with children. It is a little bit different, although and they are older and they can sleep now. And if you can sleep on the plane, that it's a yes, completely it different easy. scenario than if you've been awake and your body doesn't know what day it is, what week it is, where you are. 
you know, all that stuff and you've eaten meals at three o'clock in the morning and it's very strange. So if you just slept through all of that, then you're... Well, that's one of the tips. Just don't eat that food because it's pretty bad. Oh, I love it. Oh, I really? love plain food. It's like a magical mystery tour. It's like, awful. What's this? What, how, come, how come I'm eating one tiny potato and it, I feel full? Like, how is that? Anyway. So well, here, besides jet lag though, Olivia, maybe share with us some of the causes of insomnia. Mm. Say high stress is the cause in 99% of cases. The thing is that stress has two origins. There's psychological stress, as in I'm worried because COVID just turned my world upside down. And then there's physiological stress, which is what you ladies would be familiar with when you know in when triggers such as your diet, blue light, stimulants, caffeine, sugar when these also stress out the body. And so I think a lot of people know that, you know, oh, yeah, when I'm stressed out, I don't sleep very well. But there's also, I think, a misunderstanding about what is stress and where does it come from. And I think this is difficult for people to recognise because we recognise stress as being busy or overextended or trying to meet a deadline, Mm. but we don't think about environmental stress. We don't think about internal stress? Like, is your gut functioning properly? What is your liver doing? Um, And so I think we need to think far more than just, oh, I'm running late. Yeah. What about that stuff that you've talked about before, Nat, from the TCM point of view Mm. of, you know, you wake up at two o'clock in the morning, so that's your spleen. Or it could be your liver, actually. Um, Yeah, well, Chinese medicine does an awesome job. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too, Olivia. Have they found, or I'm pretty sure I've found research which correlates certain times with certain other systematic problems. So for, you know, Chinese medicine has a clock. And and so when you find yourself awake at certain times, it points to a certain organ to have some type of disharmony. So yeah, two o'clock is very classic time of the liver. And you know, if you've had too much to drink, you very often wake at two o'clock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is also due to what is termed the rebound effect. When you've had a depression of your central nervous system from alcohol the night before, eventually that depression wears off and as a result of that, you have an elevated spike in your cortisol levels and this is often in that lighter sleep stage which comes 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Mm. Yeah, right. So you get that disruption. And isn't it awful when this happens to me sometimes, <laughs> you, you have that wake up and it's like every conversation you've <laughs> never had with people that you wanted to have with your old boss and like every, you know, thing you have to remember to do, otherwise the mortgage won't get paid. Like every single thing that seems so incredibly important yeah. and and. Mind-numbing, it all happens at that time and you can't do anything about it. What is that about? So cortisol, the hormone I just mentioned, that doesn't just wake you up, but it hyperstimulates the speed of your thoughts as well. Um, so if, you ha- if you're waking with that um, mental rumination and that you know, incessant chatter, that's very much a sign of you know, high cortisol, which is essentially high stress from both physiological sources and psychological causes. 
What's really funny when that happens though is do you wake up in the morning and and you know logically at the time, you're like, this is ridiculous right now, but I can't help it. And then when you wake up in the morning, you're like, that's really not a big deal. No, I know. (laughs) You're like, what the heck was that about? But so I've spoken to Olivia before because I think I might have messaged her or replied to something or liked something on Instagram at like 4.30 in the morning and she was like, do you need help with your sleep? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I I was like, actually, when I do wake up, and I very much make a choice of whether I want to go back to sleep or not. Sometimes I really like being awake and sitting with my thoughts. I actually enjoy it. I've well, learned to enjoy it. But if you had have asked me this uh, maybe five years ago, insomnia for me was like a death sentence because I've never, ever in my life had trouble sleeping. I've always slept. And I'm a bit like you. I can fall asleep fairly easily if I need to anywhere. So... It's usually only, you know, if I have been stimulated by looking at a screen or a television or I know that in my old, um, where I used to live, we lived with my in-laws and we had a television in our room Mm. and I would find it really difficult to go to sleep after the nights that I would watch television. And yes. I knew that that was a direct correlation. But I think, um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's just really interesting now I don't know, it's quite nice to be awake when there's no one else talking well, to me. Well, it's funny that you say that because it happened to me a couple of weeks ago and it was probably a bit of a stressful time because of the COVID thing had sort of just begun and I woke up and I thought, rather than lie here for another hour, I'm going to get up. I made myself a herbal tea. I sat in our living room and looked out the window mm-hmm. and then I thought, well, I've got friends in the UK and they're going to be awake. So I just started sending a few messages to people who I knew would be awake and then I read a little bit online about something or other and then my mind had sort of drifted off on a whole other tangent of other things and then I thought, okay, I'm tired now. So I went back to bed and I went back to sleep. There you go. But see, I took that stress of being awake in the middle of the night out of the equation as well because I thought if you lie there going, I need to go back to sleep, I need to go back to sleep, it just it builds and builds and builds and it's counterproductive, isn't mm. it? Yeah, it is. Can you tell us why Why do we actually need to sleep? Like, you know, I mean, we know that we feel better for doing it. Yeah. But what's actually happening whilst we're sleeping and why is that so important? Sleep essentially recharges us, which I'm sure for anyone who is sleep deprived, you know that when you wake up in the morning after inadequate or broken sleep that night, you simply cannot think straight, you can't remember anything, you have the energy of, you know, of a 90-year-old. <laughs> it's like um, having a small baby, really, that time of your life, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I like to start with the cognitive impacts. A lot of people um, recognise this. So essentially when you sleep, the brain region, the frontal lobe responsible for decision-making, attention, judgment, and concentration, that is restored and rejuvenated. And to help people understand how significant that impairment is when you don't have sufficient sleep, so Mm -hmm. say, for example, sleeping like six hours a night over the span of, you know, a few weeks, research shows that after two weeks of sleeping six hours a night, you have the same impairment to your brain, including the functions of concentration, judgment, decision-making, motivation, as somebody who has not slept for two days straight. Wow. But the reason I bring that up is because I know that a lot of people feel like they're okay after, you know, six hours, five hours. But the problem is because sleep deprivation impairs the 
the area in the brain responsible for judgment, you don't actually detect that you're inattentive and making as many mistakes as you usually, as you actually are. <laughs> you can't even tell. That's how it's <laughs> Right. The research shows 29% of all workplace errors are caused by fatigue. Um, 23% of all road accidents are caused by fatigue. Yeah. And with regards to if you're waking up early and not going to bed late as well, it also impairs your ability to think clearly as well. So anyone who's trying to get their work done late at night um, after, you know, waking up and smashing it all day, um, know that your cognitive level is at this is that after 17 hours is the equivalent of somebody who's has a blood alcohol level of mm. 0.05. Wow. Yep, that's right. So yeah. you really got you really got to get it, and it's amazing how some people can function on not much sleep. I have never been able to. I would just function. cry. I remember when my kids were little, and you'd have those those nights where I'd, I'd be up like three or four times in a night, and come the morning, I would just sit and cry and cry because I couldn't cope. I couldn't keep going through and finding the energy I needed to, to sleep. No, and you could all, you also think that's your new normal. You're like, this is my life now. But I, yeah, I'm and never going to sleep wrong again. With you that, that you know, you're not good enough, and all these things. But it's actually the physical function of sleep is is what yeah. you need. Well, also, I remember reading when I was I can't remember the name of Ariana Huffington's book that's on sleep. The start of it explains how the number one cause of how do I say this? The number one side effect of sleep deprivation is death. Like people yeah. do dumb things when they're that sleep deprived. You know, with regards to you feeling super stressed out and crying the next day, know that after just one night of insufficient sleep, stress hormone cortisol, I know you ladies are very familiar with that one, rises by 37%. Yeah, wow. Which leaves you feeling emotionally exhausted, irritated, anxious, wired, unable to switch off. But it also impairs your ability. When your stress levels are that high, you, it impairs, again, your mental clarity. Mm. So, you know, you're not able to say, oh, you know, it's okay, I will da-da-da-da-da. It's just your brain is literally so overwhelmed that you can't settle yourself and you can't use your rational brain because it, your brain is too dominated, in, in a sense, by stress hormone cortisol. So you're simply just unable to think straight. So I want to know, do some of us need more sleep than others? Everyone jokes about my sleep, <laughs> but I feel good most yeah. of the time. And mum's just like, she's been like that since she was born. Like she was born awake. You were really annoying <laughs> as a baby. <laughs> really annoying. No, she said that like I would sleep, she would walk in and I'd be like smiling, like, oh, hi. <laughs> yeah. We obviously are all kind of on a scale here. Mm. 95% of the population needs seven to nine hours. Right. And then there's Kevin uh, Rudd. And then there's <laughs> Kevin Rudd and Natalie Kringoudis. Yep. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So the number one thing we really want to ask you is how do we fall asleep more quickly? What do we need to do to fall asleep quickly? Mm. You need my signature seven-step bedtime routine. Oh, <laughs> no, it's it's interesting. So you're talking about for grown-ups, right? Yes. Yeah, but it's really 
So, I mean, that just sounds so straightforward and sensible because if you think about children and babies, and we did an episode talking about, you know, getting mm-hmm. babies to sleep, mm-hmm. but I, everyone's encountered someone in their life who's had trouble with their, getting their kids yes. to sleep. But routine is just yeah. like people of all ages love the structure. We love the cues. We love the things that tell us this is what we need to do now. So please tell us what your cues and steps are. So step one is to block out blue light. Ideally, you're doing this at 8 p.m. Blue light has been shown to increase your levels of cortisol, which makes you stay awake and alert. It also reduces your levels of melatonin, which would usually make you sleepy. Um, And it's also found to not just to to additionally desynchronize your body which means that you're not only more awake in the evening, but also the next morning you're more fatigued. And so I know that's a big challenge for a lot of people, hence why it is so critical to block out blue light. A lot of people think that night mode is sufficient on their phones. It's not. So your melatonin levels suppressed by 23% when you don't have night mode on. There's still that massive suppression of melatonin, sleepiness hormone. So therefore, you don't have the cues that your body needs to fall asleep. So in falling asleep faster, removing that limitation of blue light is definitely number one. And so we're talking about devices, really, because the television mm. doesn't quite, I don't think it, you, you're much further back. You're not Even though it can right stimulate us it. in another way, mm. it, you're more so talking about from your phone or your tablet, right? I'm referring to all blue light. Okay. Even healing lights. Yeah. So oh, I they're, think, horrible. Yeah, they're horrible. I'd, why do people even have them in their house? I know. We only use lamps. And if someone turns the light on, I'm like, get the light off. But you can get the yeah, warm yeah. light. So they don't all have to be the, the blue I ones. I know, but I still just he- like lamps. I like lamps at night yeah, too. I don't, yeah. We candles and lamps in our house. There's no lights going on That's ever. because you're a witch. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so blue. Well, that is difficult because you know we want to sit down and watch our Netflix at nine o'clock. But uh, is that going to be a problem? The, the thing is, if you can, you can mediate it. So there's these really funky looking um, blue light blocking glasses you can grab, and then it also there is those smart lights which change, which have the capacity to change from you know normal white light into a red night light. So that's my two adjustment strategies because I recognize that a lot of people really love their Netflix and I'm not going to take it away from you, from them. I'm just going to mediate it so they can still get to sleep. I'm still allowed that's to watch Netflix. That's good. good. Yep. Tick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Take that back. Yep. Oh, okay. White noise. I like white noise. The baby crying four rows in front of you. The white noise is has been found in clinical trials to reduce the time it takes you to fall asleep by 37%. And to give people a perspective, that's the difference. If it usually takes you an hour to fall asleep, you can reduce that by 23 minutes. Wow, there you go. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. So there's good like apps and stuff you can get for white noise, I know, or you can get machines. Yeah, or a fan. A fan's always good. Vacuum cleaner. uh, Probably a bit loud. I created a Spotify playlist under my name for anyone who needs a bit of guidance and it has a few tracks of white noise in there Um, and there's also some other meditation tracks as well. The way that white noise works is that it synchronizes the brain into a calmer brainwave frequency termed theta 
And when your brain is emitting this calmer, slower frequency, then your thoughts slow down, you feel more calm, and therefore you're able to fall asleep easier. Can I tell you about when my son was born, my auntie gave me a CD of white noise and that thing saved my life. But yeah. we got to the point where I can remember standing in the lounge room in with the pram, mm-hmm. with him in the pram, mm-hmm. covered up with the CD on, going, our neighbour came and knocked on the door and she came in and she was just like, what on earth is actually going on here? I've got this baby in a pram and I was rocking him back and forward to this sound. Oh, that's it was so funny. Just hysterical. That is so funny. Probably a little bit too intense. <laughs> Probably don't need it that much. Okay, good. So I'm okay. down with white noise. What next? Step three is to have a good night phone alarm. So everyone knows how challenging it is to switch off from your phone, but, and this is literally because it triggers the same you know, reward pathway, uh, the dopamine reward pathway in the brain. So it's it's essentially addictive, just like caffeine mm. and cigarettes and drugs are addictive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so to rely on yourself for willpower alone is not really realistic, to be fair. You have an alarm which triggers you. It acts as a pattern interrupt and it reminds you to actually take action. And what you want to do is rather than just have the alarm labeled alarm, you want to have the alarm labeled sleep better. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Good. What do we got? What are we up to? We're up to step four. Okay. Jump in the shower. Yeah, um, that's a good one. So I'm down with that. Yep. This also acts as a pattern interrupt because you can't scroll in your phone in the shower. Also mm-hmm. warms your bones. I find I sleep so much better when I'm warm. Yeah. Why this works is it relaxes the muscles from the warm water, A. Eh? But the second thing is that when you get out of the shower into the cooler bathroom, this drop in your core body temperature helps your body produce melatonin, that mm. sleepiness hormone. Right. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. After you've gotten out of the shower, going to have a sleep supplement, which is step five of my signature seven-step bedtime routine, have a sleep supplement. And you want to look for one with magnesium magnesium has been found in clinical trials to reduce anxiety by 31%. Mm. I know that a lot of people have anxiety around falling asleep or they're waking up super anxious like we were saying before. Um, so this a magnesium-rich supplement is going to mediate that. Then popping on some lavender, which is step six. So lavender has been found in clinical trials to reduce your levels of anxiety by 45%. And the researchers were actually testing it against sleeping pills, which found to reduce anxiety by 46%. Um, So after this trial, they're actually now recommending lavender as a substitute for sleeping pills um, because you can't take sleeping pills all your life, but you can diffuse lavender. And it's also, you know, helpful if you're diffusing it for the family, pets, and any partners as well who are, you know, wound up. So there's one step left, Olivia. What is it? Step seven of my signature seven-step bedtime routine is to jump into bed, put on an eye mask, practice deep breathing, and focus your attention on the white noise that is playing. Because a lot of people are unfamiliar with meditation, 
I actually don't recommend it for everyone because it can contribute to more anxiety um, for those who are, you know, beginners. Whereas focusing your attention on the white noise while you're deep breathing is an easier process for everyone and it's going to help minimize, you know, your attention being focused on the internal chatter in your mind. Good. Okay, well, seven steps. I feel quite happy with myself. I'm doing a lot of those things. You are, you are. There you go. But I think that the really important thing that for people to know is that it's not about doing one or two of these steps. You do them all every night. That's how you get quality sleep. That's how you fall asleep. That's how you stay asleep. That's how you wake up refreshed. Mm. Um, so many people I speak to say, oh, yeah, I've tried, I've tried that. I've tried everything. It's like, yes, but you've, have you tried all of those steps in a synergy? And I don't think I've ever had somebody say yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, now everyone knows what to do. And I think it is about routine and, and trying it on and experimenting. So you've got, mm. you yeah. know, so our listeners have seven steps, the seven things that they need to do, which is awesome. Olivia, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. I know that this is, especially at this point in time, super helpful, I'm sure, for a lot of people because, (laughs) you know, we're all kind of stressed, like we said, and I think we don't necessarily correlate stress and sleep or insomnia. So Mm. I think even connecting those dots is really important. Um, If our listeners want to find out more of your information, where can they do that? So if they like Instagram, I'm on Instagram, Olivia Arizolo. If they're like websites, then I have one as well, oliviarazzolo.com.au. Great. Love that. I think you are going to get a few new friends because (laughs) really everybody's looking for a good way to have a schnooze. I think today's episode definitely will make uh, people feel better, won't they, if they're sleeping better? Absolutely. But before we let you go, if you haven't already done so, uh, you need to be leaving us a little bit of a review. Yeah, we love a review. We love a five star. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, when we go to check, if there's not a new one, we get a little bit sad. I know, right? Absolutely. (laughs) So what we love is when you tell us what your favourite episode was or a favourite part of an episode, leave that in the comments part of the reviews and, you know, you can then leave your stars as well. Yeah. Easy. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I have learned a thing or two today and Mm. I'm sure you have too. I've learned seven things. Seven things. Well, until next time, we do hope that this episode has left you feeling happier, healthier and sleepier. (laughs) 